Hello and welcome to the Revelation Podcast. My name is John and I would like to thank you for taking time to click play wherever you clicked it at. My podcast is played at Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and other places. Now before I go onward with Jesus and Exodus, I would like to share with you about my YouTube channel that I've started. The name of the YouTube channel is Christ Center Channel. And I think I have about four or five videos already uploaded. It's a way to be able to see the word and hear the word. And if you have time, then go ahead and check out the channel at YouTube. And again, the name of the channel is Christ Center Channel. All right, we've been going through Jesus and Exodus for quite some time. We are at part 25, and we will look at chapter 14, verses 5 through 10 at the end of this. And this is what I like to call Sin Still Alive. And go to Revelations chapter 9. Verses 20 through 21, and I will be reading from the ESV. Now, while you're going there, I want to share about why I begin at Revelation and go to the Old Testament. What I'm trying to present with the word is I'm presenting a reflection on how the future reflects the past. And now the Word of God is not circular. It doesn't begin and goes back to where everything begins because that goes against how God created things. You know, in the beginning, God created all things. On day one, when He created light, He created time. And we know that with time, there's always a beginning and there's always an end. Like right now, We are beginning to listen to this podcast, and we know that with this podcast that there will be an end. That's just logical. Well, as much as I try, I want to present the word so that we can see and how it revolves around Jesus. All the books from Genesis to Revelation revolves around him. So that is my intent when I'm presenting the Word of God. You know, when we study the Word of God as much as we can, we need to answer the question of where is Jesus in all of this? Now, when we are in the Gospels, it's very easy to see where Jesus is is because they have Jesus in the bodily form, which he still has sitting right next to the Father. Well, in the Old Testament, you know, Jesus, the way I believe that he manifested himself was through the angel of the Lord, the pillar cloud, the burning bush. And in Joshua, we see Jesus as the commander in the Lord's army. And it's quite possible that Jesus was the one that wrestled with Jacob. You know, I believe that because, you know, 
Jesus was active in creation. We know from Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, that he created all things. You know, the Father had a plan. Jesus spoke into the existence, and the Spirit created it. That's how I believe that the creation worked. That's why the one and three, they agree together, and they are in unison. Well, in the Old Testament, Jesus did not have his fleshly body until the New Testament. And when Jesus appeared with a body and is sitting at the right hand of the Father, we no longer see the angel of the Lord. Now we see an angel of the Lord, but not the angel of the Lord. And I believe Jesus was inactive through the whole entire books of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. And right now he is active. He is active. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he is praying for us. Amen. All right. Revelation chapter 9, verses 20 through 21. And we are going into what I like to call sin still alive. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Now with this verse, I like to look at the rest of mankind who were killed by these plagues and did not repent you know we could go backwards in revelation or forwards after the blowing of the sixth trumpet you know that is what happened you know this is after the blowing of the sixth trumpet and but although they knew God they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. No, they did not repent of their sins. In the same way, the Egyptians did not repent of their sins. Now, they were sorry for a while, but they did not repent. And repent is... Turning around, going away from what you did, that is repentance. You know, God has given people over to their sins because he knew that they would choose the things of this world over him. So God is justified in delivering his wrath. You know, in the end times, they will be against God, even though they will try to appear as godliness. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 4 through 5, Treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. You see, what happens along the way... 
The devil snatches the word due to the hardness of their hearts. And we see that in the parable, Matthew chapter 13, verses 4 and 19. And as he sowed some seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. The birds on the path represents the devil and his demons. And that when someone is giving them the word, right away the devil snatches it from them because the hardness of that person's heart. Now, a lot of Christians believe that they could continue to live in this world by serving God and the devil at the same time. They think that because of God's grace that they will just return back to him. Well, that is not always guaranteed. And that's a very dangerous way of playing with your soul. You know, we should be very serious when it comes to protecting our soul. You know, right now, a lot of people are very serious in protecting themselves from COVID-19. Well, with the possibility of a vaccine coming along, that gives us hope that we have a chance to overcome COVID-19. Now, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that the prayer of faith is what heals people. And at the same time, God has provided man knowledge to be able to create medicine so that we can overcome illnesses. Now, when it comes to false doctrine, false doctrine attacks our soul. And the only way to overcome that is with the Word of God. We should receive the Word of God with humility. And when we decide to abide in Christ, we should be 100% committed. By doing that, we are doing all that we can to make sure that we are not following false doctrine. False doctrine is a lot like Russian roulette, you know. You know, it's a horrible game, and no one should play that game no matter what. Now, when a person attempts to play Russian roulette, they might end up with a chamber that does not have a bullet, you know. And when people start perceiving with false doctrine, they may seem that they are receiving a chamber without a bullet, but really... There are bullets in all of Satan's gun, and he will use it all. He will empty his clip on you so that he can bring you down with him. False doctrine sears the conscience. And this is what happens when people's conscience are seared. In Second Timothy chapter two in Second Timothy chapter four, verses three through four. For this is coming, when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teaching to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wandering off into myths. So when people are receiving false doctrine, they will turn away from truth and follow a lie. 
and that will sear their conscience. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons through the insincerity of liars whose conscience are seared, who forbid marriage and require absence from foods that God created to proceed with thanksgiving by those who believe and know truth. So receiving false doctrine will turn us away from truth. It will sear our conscience and we can no longer enjoy the things that God has given us. Those that have their conscience seared and follow false doctrine will be judged as the goats. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 32, Before him will he gather all the nations, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates a sheep from the goats. Then he will say to those on the left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire. Prepare for the devil and his angels. And what Jesus was talking about there was the great white throne judgment that we can read in Revelation chapter 20, verses 12 through 15. The goats did not have their names written in the book of life, and their works were recorded in another book. And this is what happened to them. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Those that practice false doctrine will experience God's judgment, just like he said they would when he told the parable of the goats and the sheep. The goats are those who turned away from his word by following false doctrine. They kept their sin. Their sin is still alive and I want us to look more at sin that is still alive what is that like well man chose sin over God's righteousness and we see that in the beginning of time in Genesis chapter 3 verses 6 through 7 so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was delight to the eyes that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves one cloth. Now, do not overlook what you just heard and saw. A lot of people will see this and they will blame the woman. They will blame the woman for the fall of the world. 
Now, yes, the woman did eat first, but it was Adam's responsibility to protect her. I mean, that's what a man does. Like Christ with the church, the man is supposed to protect his wife. And he knew that he was not supposed to eat from the tree, but he did it anyway. So he is just as guilty. Now, I want us to take a look at the works of temptation so that we know how it works. And we see that in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. For, that, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and desires of eyes and pride of life is not from God, but is from the world. We see those desires work through our flesh. We see how the flesh works. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warned you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Understand that the book of Galatians was written to believers and to non believers. Paul warned the believers that those that practice these things, even believers, will not inherit God's kingdom. In James chapter 1 verse 14 it says, but each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire serving God while living for the world is impossible to do and we see that with the thorns and seed the seed fell in the thorns and the thorns eventually choked the word out the thorns represent the cares for the world and the cares for the world will eventually choke the word out. People will eventually turn away from the truth and they will fall for myths. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. Jesus says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You see, even Jesus says that it is impossible to serve God while living for the world. Let no false teacher fool you. Guard your heart with the word. The word has given us authority over this world. 
Let not a false teacher lead you away with doctrine that's comfortable to your ears. Well, not only did Jesus say that it's impossible to serve God and live for the world, he also warned us about when we practice sin. And he tells us that things that causes us to sin should be removed from our lives. Look at what he told the crowd in Matthew chapter 5, verses 29 through 30. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. Now, these are few scriptures that are both metaphorically and literally. The metaphor part is when Jesus says to remove your eyes or cut off your hand. That's the metaphorical part. Believe me. Later on, if you look at 1 Corinthians, where Paul says that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, if we took what Jesus said literally, we would destroy the temple of the Holy Spirit. What Jesus is talking about when we talk about cutting off certain parts, he's referring that to sin. If there's certain things that causes us to sin, then we should remove that out of our lives. That's what he's trying to teach the crowd, and that's what we should practice. When we see things that causes us to sin, we should get rid of it. We should not justify it. We should not find someone that will justify it for us so that we can be comfortable. We should get rid of it. Those that practice sin practice lawlessness. Lawlessness is the practice of sin. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practice lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. Those that practice sin belong to the devil and not God. Look at what it says in verse 8 of 1 John chapter 3. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. If we continue to live in sin, then we live as Cain. And this is what it says about him in verse 12 of 1 John chapter 3. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one, and murder his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers righteous. Cain had evil in his heart, which is why he did what he did. In verse 15 of 1 John chapter 3, Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Like the letter of Galatians, John's letters are written to believers. This is addressed to believers and not non-believers. Now, 
I'm going to Exodus chapter 14 verses 5 through 10. And we see that Pharaoh hates God and his people. That is Pharaoh's sin that is still alive. This is what is said in Exodus chapter 14, verses 5 through 10. And to close this out, I'll point out four things about Pharaoh and his sin. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed toward the people. And they said, what is this that we have done that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his army with him and took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptian pursued them all, Pharaoh's horses and chariots, and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them and camped at the sea by Pehrath in front of Bezifion. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now, in Jesus, in Exodus part 26, we will look at chapter 14 verses 11 through 12. And that's what I like to call turn away from God due to fear. We're going to see on how Satan uses fear along with false doctrine to turn Christians away from the word of God. So here are the four things to see about Pharaoh's sin in Exodus chapter 14 verses 5 through 10. One, Pharaoh's sin was still alive. You know, when he realized that he wanted God's people back so he can take advantage of them and he never repented toward God he did obey God by letting his people go for a while but he still desires sin of hatred towards God's people he pursued his sin that eventually leads him to death and we are getting close to the death of Pharaoh we will see on how sin gives birth to death. And tomorrow, we will continue onward in Jesus and Exodus part 26. We'll look at verses 11 through 12. And it'll be about turn away from God due to fear. We will see on how the Satan uses fear to turn people away from God, just like he uses false. May you continue onward in the word. I've said this before. If I said something that seemed confusing or not right, 
then you can go to the Facebook page that is called the Revelation Podcast Post. You can leave a comment and mention on what podcast it was on. So that way we can look into the word and we can get confirmations with the word. May God bless you. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. Bye.